You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Always plenty happening in harness racing and thanks to Garrard's we say good morning to Chris Barsby and you've got some really interesting news to start this morning. Chris, breaking news. Good morning. Yes, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. As we know, we've got the Constellations just around the corner. Later this year in Brisbane, the Inter-Dominion Series returns. A high-profile horse has been purchased, it's been vetted, and it's on its way to Queensland. The horse in question is Hot and Treacherous, a five-year-old gelding by Captain Treacherous. He's won 11 from 40. He's got a PB time of 152.2. He's been chasing home copy that at his past couple of starts. He's on his way to Queensland. He'll be set for both big carnivals, the Constellations, followed by the Inter Dominion later this year, and he will join the leading trainer, Jack Butler, of course. Jack was the leading trainer in Queensland last year. He'll join his stable. So really looking forward to hot and treacherous becoming a Queenslander, and that is hot off the press. So we look forward to that. And, Steve, just an update on Sure Thing Captain, the star three-year-old from Queensland who's down in Sydney. He trialled yesterday. They tinkered with gear changes. Of course, he basically choked off last Saturday night after winning the Group 2 Simpson Memorial. He trialled yesterday, trialled really well. So it's full steam ahead for Heats of the Derby next Saturday night. So there's some news as well. Hot and treacherous, now a Queenslander. Sure thing, Captain. Full steam ahead to the New South Wales Derby. Where you've been bopping led the way in second spot on the inside is Mac Shard. They were followed on the outside by BD Joe. JOK takes off and Major Jealous behind those 27 the quarter. Where you've been bopping, how much left in the locker? Coming at it is BD Joe. Major Jealous is driving up on the inside, putting in a claim, and still there in the middle is Mac Shard starting to poke through and react. And now big finish coming up. BD Joe, despite being in the breeze all the way, strikes the front. BD Joe. BD Joe wins it. BD Joe has beaten Reactor now. J-O-K yeah, that was back on the 18th of Feb. Uh, Fred Hastings calling at Menangle. And Chris, margin wasn't great, but did it tough, as you heard in the broadcast. And we're heading over to New Zealand first up on mobile rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty to talk to uh, with Steve Telford, the man that puts the polish on BD Joe. And he was huge there, winning at Menangle. There's a lot happening for Steve Telford and Stonewall Stud. Steve joins us now. Steve, appreciate the time. Okay. Hello, Chris. How you doing, mate? I'm really well. First of all, the weather situation over there. How are you guys holding up? Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, a lot of devastation around us, mate. But, um, you know, we're only half an hour out of the middle of Auckland. And, um, um, but we've actually um, we've actually been pretty good, to be honest. Just a few trees down and, um, um, you know, not, not, not as bad as uh, some of the areas close by us anyway, mate. It's, um, you know, been... Uh, yeah, pretty pretty devastating news, really. Yeah, scary stuff indeed. And what they're saying, there was a, an earthquake down Wellington Way uh, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it doesn't rain, it pours, Chris, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, they just um, Wellington was uh, would have been just on the end of the um, end of the cyclone um, yesterday. So um, yeah, hopefully everyone's everyone's okay. Yeah, well, we're all thinking of you. There's no doubt about that. Steve, I wanted to talk to you about your runners this weekend. But first of all, Stonewall Stud. This is a name that keeps coming up. Uh, it's becoming really, really big. You were the leading trainer in New Zealand last year, along with your sister Amanda. You're in partnership. You've got Hayden Cullen on board as well now. 
This is an evolving situation. Stonewall started. It seems to be getting bigger and bigger. You've got stables in Auckland. You've got stables in Christchurch. Have you sort of reached the finish line yet, or is this just the beginning? Um, no, no, I haven't reached the finish line yet, mate. Um, you know, um, the major Steve Stockman, the, the man behind us all, he's, um, you know, He's um, got a lot of aspirations, and um, you know, he's he's once he sets his mind on something, he um, goes at it full tilt. So, um, you know, we've been happy to go along with the go along with the ride, and um, you know, it's it's developing into um, yeah a very big business, to be honest. Um, the, the Christchurch property is um, is um, still under in under construction. You know, they've got a big 1,200 metre track, a 1,200 metre. Um, straight track and um, there's two big 40 horse barns going up down there and um, they're doing the fencing as we speak and hopefully it'll be all finished by um, the 1st of May. Okay. You're putting a really good team around you together. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to um, it's important to have good staff and, and, and good people around you, um, especially when you're operating in, in different states or different different islands. So, um, yeah, Amanda's um, been with us for a while and, you know, she's very good attention to detail. There's, you know, there's there's no stone unturned and um, you're really thrilled to have um, Hayden join us for this season. Um, you know, and while Mandy's been in Sydney looking after the team, Hayden's just... Uh, clicked in down there in Christchurch and, and taken over and um you know I've been really impressed with he and Amanda and and um everything they're doing down there. Excellent. So how many horses all up between the North and South Island? Yeah, well at the moment we're we're in the South Island, we're operating from Dancing on Moonlight Lodge and we're just limited to twenty five. So there's twenty five down there. Um we try to keep them pretty much race horses um and um we'll we're doing most of the babies up here. So um look up here we've we're doing about seventy five um and that's um you know that's that's the young ones and, and the race team. So uh um yeah we've already, we've got about twenty twenty yearlings we're breaking in as well and uh, heading off to the sales this weekend um to purchase a few more. Okay. Once the the the, uh, the operation is complete down there in Christchurch with your own property, how many will that cater? There'll be two forty horse um, two forty horse barns, um, and uh, so it'll cater for um, it'll cater for 80, 80, 80 horses, mate. And um, you know they'll um, they'll be able to travel to all areas of the South Island for for the racing. Um, you know, in in the South Island, there's a lot more racing, and right down in Bacargo up up to north around Blenheim and Marlborough, so uh, Kaikoura. So, um, you know, they'll be able to take in, um, take in all the racing down there and um, we'll, we'll, we'll eventually have a, a stable up here of around 40, 40, 45 and, and, um, and concentrate on the, on the northern ones. And, of course, the good horses will, um, the good horses will swap between the stables following the, following the feature races, Chris. Okay. All right. Well, big numbers indeed. Uh, and for those that are curious, to our listeners here this morning, like, if they wanted to be involved with Stonewall Stud, uh, is there an opportunity that they could be in the ownership group with Stonewall Stud, or is it purely for for Steve Steve Stockman? No, no, no. There's um, there's opportunities. We um, Jill runs syndicates, and um, you know um, we're going to the sales this weekend, and and probably looking at purchasing somewhere around fifteen and. Um, 15 to 20, and um, and uh, a lot a lot of those will be offered up for syndication, and um, 
what Steve um, does with the syndication is um, he splits it all up and, and you can buy as much or as little as you like from, you know, as little as 1%. And, um, and um, yeah, so that's... Um, we have got owners... We have got some people from in Australia and uh, um, in the syndicates. And, um, yeah, it's just open open to anyone, Chris. All right, excellent. Well, let's talk about the feature races this weekend. Tomorrow night, Newcastle Mile, you've got the favourite, BD Joe, and Elder Wise Guy, and he's hard in the market as well. Of the two, BD Joe, is he the is he the better of the two? Yeah, he, he's proven that way so far, Chris. He's um he's a he's just an all round horse. Um, you know, as he last week he sat parked and got the job done. Um, if he leads, he's very hard to run down. And um, you know, a couple of weeks ago he won a feature race at um at Addington coming off the back of self-assured and spank him. So he's really good with a with a cold sit as well. So, look, he's just an all-round horse. So, um, you know, he tends to have more, well, say, weapons in his arsenal where the other guy has just got great speed. He um, he um, He's probably faster than BD Joe, um, but he's definitely not as tough. So um, uh, when, he, when he gets himself into a race where he's nice and close to the pace, um, his speed is... Um, very dangerous at the end of a race. So, um, looking at the race tomorrow night, he's drawn two. There's only eight in it. Um, I think he's going to be fairly close to the pace, and he's going to get the cold sit that um, the cold sit that he likes. So, um, he's definitely going to be um, he's definitely going to be a danger. All right, the barrier gods have been kind. One and two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, couldn't be happy with that. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully they they're paying those ones one and first and second mate that'll be lovely but um, you know there's um, six other six other really good horses in there and um, you know there'll be six other trainers and drivers that'll have the same idea but uh, hopefully we can get a win with one of them and um, go straight into the Miracle Mile. Yeah, well that's the key point, isn't it? Not only the good prize money up the grabs but the fact that you get that you know free pass into the Miracle Mile it takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, it does. Look, and um, you know the way that. Um, the way that those the horses are trained and the, the way that they've raced in the past, the fortnight would be would be great. Um, you know, I'd, um, they don't need to race the week before. Um, if one if one of them can qualify this week and, and miss next week, that it um, it'd really suit suit them. But um, in saying that, they're only early in their preparations, mate. Um, um, they hadn't um, the BD Joe hadn't raced since the middle of December, so he really needed the run the other night and. Um, I'm sure he would have um, improved a heap off it, and um, you know, he, if he has to go around next week, he's um, he's certainly in a, a good good vein to do that. Okay, stable driver Tim Williams driving BDJ. You've engaged Luke McCarthy, Alpha Wise Guy. Tell me this: uh, Did Tim have the option because you've got Alpha Meteor in that big race over in Cambridge tomorrow night? Did he have the option of either coming to Newcastle or Cambridge? Which way did he go? Yeah, he did, mate. He did. He's um. He's driven um, Ultra Meteor in pretty much all his two-year-old races, and he, he likes him. Um, but, um, yeah, no, especially after the way that BD Joe went um, a fortnight ago, uh, I think the choice was was uh, pretty easy, mate. So, um, no, he's thrilled to um, be heading over there. He's going to drive um, BD Joe. He's going to drive Kalua Flyby in Heat of the Oaks the following night uh, at Menangle, and he's going to stay on through the week and, um, and help mainly train them for the big races the following weekend. Excellent. Speaking of Kalua Flyby, just looking at her heat of the New South Wales Oaks, that looks very winnable. She was a first-up winner at Menangle. wasn't the biggest margin, but she got the job done. She's she's all racehorse, this filly. Look, she is. No, she is. She's she's been racing in the big the big races and the best races over here 
all season last year and just ran into a very, very good filly in Millwood Nike. Um, but, um, yeah, I like this filly. She's, um, she's got gate speed. She can, um, she can do a bit of work in her races and, um, you know, she's got high speed as well. So, um, the two barriers really gives Tim plenty of options tomorrow night. Um, and I don't think the 2400 will, will worry her either. Um, she had her first run about, 12 days ago on the 7th and um, that was her first run since um, the first week in December so she's um, Mandy said she's taken plenty of benefit out of it and um, you know I'm sure she'll be a a lot sharper horse um, Saturday night Okay, just a quick one just on Millwood Nike, is she a freak of nature this filly? Well yeah, well, I don't know about freak of nature mate but I thought we had her a few times but she, she, she got us and got us easy in the she got us easy in the end, so um, yeah, she just seemed to be actually getting better through the season as well. So um, um, you know, I knew I had three or four fillies that kept running second, third, and fourth to her, and um, um, they were very good fillies in their own right. But she just seemed to be able to be able to beat them, mate. So um, yeah, maybe she is, mate. Okay, well, she goes around at Cambridge tomorrow night, and just on that race, Elder Meteor goes around in the uh, the Harness Million. This is a race worth $200,000. He's come up with barrier five. He'll move into four with an early scratching. So how do you sort of rate him tomorrow night in Cambridge? Um, yeah, very good, mate. He, um, he had his first run since the big Grand Prix day in December last week, and he was three wide for the last um, last lap, and they ran the last mile in 154, and, um, you know, he was still hitting the line good, ran third. So um, he's taken a lot of benefit from it. Um, a lot of the main ones are drawn trickily off the back row, um, and he's probably drawn four. He's got gate speed, so look, we'll look to go forward and put him in the race, mate. When uh, when you're racing for that much money, we'll put him in the race and um, you know see if he's good enough. Okay, is he confirmed for the New South Wales Derby heats the following week? Yeah, look, he is, mate. He's booked. Um, he's booked to fly out on Monday. Um, you know, at this stage, it's all systems go, and. Um, you know, unless something unforeseen happens in the next few days, um, yeah, he's he's booked to go over on Monday, and and he'll start in the round of heats the following Saturday over there. All right. Before I let you go, just one quick one, just on a, a stable star. I just want to get the update. RD's Express. She's a brilliant filly. She's won eight from nine. She's now a four-year-old mare. Uh, she hasn't started since September last year. What's the update on RD's Express? Yeah. Look, mate. She's um. She's um, she's a special filly. Um, she um, she just had a small fracture at the top of a cannon bone under her knee, and um, it wasn't um, you know it wasn't very big, but it was enough just to um, for us to put her in cotton wool for a few months. She's been given the all clear, mate, and she's back in. Um, she's back. She started her, her road back. Um, she um, she's been three walks in three weeks in the water walker down Christchurch and she'll spend another another three weeks in the water walker before resuming on the track so um yeah really pleased to get her back um just a just a big brute of a filly and um um you know um yeah hopefully she comes back sound and um we we get to show people how how good she is is there a big race target for her in mind for 2023 um, no, I haven't got a big race in mind. We just got to see how they come up, Chris. But um, I um, just in the timing of it, she's probably going to be ready through the middle of the year. So if she can come up as well as um, as well as um, if she can come up 
sound and, and good. Um, have, she's only in Canada, so I'll have to talk to them. But I would, I'd like to bring her over to your carnival, mate. You know, there's a few mares races over there, and there's not much happening here at the time. So um, hopefully, um, hopefully that can pan out, mate, because the time frame would probably be um, it'd be be about right. All right. Well, it'll be great to see you back in Queensland. Just in wrapping up, 98 wins last year. Uh, you knocked off the all-conquering Mark Purden uh, establishment down there. Season goal for 2023. Can you crack a, a century of wins? Yeah, that's, that's definitely a goal, mate. Um, so hopefully we can. Um, yeah, I think um, we've got a lot of um, yeah a lot of ammunition coming up with two- and three-year-olds. Um, it'll be a quiet first three months, but I expect the last sort of uh, two-thirds of the season to be quite big for us. So, um, yeah, that'll, that'll be the aim, mate, this year, and um, hopefully we can keep the ball rolling. Awesome. Hey, Steve, great to catch up. Go well over the weekend and stay safe with that weather over there. Hopefully they got the worst of its past. Yeah, thanks, mate. Good to hear from you. There's Steve Tell for joining us. So the leading trainer in New Zealand and Stonewall Star, this is an operation that continues to get bigger and bigger. So operating from both North and South Island, they've got a big list for the sales next week as well over there uh, for both Auckland and Christchurch. So uh, that stable is only going to get bigger. So this is a name you're going to hear a lot more about. Steve Telfer, he's had a stint here in Brisbane previously. He was a private trainer for Kevin Seymour. So he's been to Queensland. It'll be great to see him back, in particular with a mare like RD's Express. So he's got some great chances this weekend. Alta Meteor tomorrow night, Cambridge, the Newcastle Mile. He's got two of the favourites there, BD Joe and uh, also Alta Wise Guy, Kalua Flyby, will start the favourite in her New South Wales Oaks Heat on Saturday night as well. Let's focus on Saturday night. The uh, Chariots of Fire is one of the main races there at that meeting. Well, it is the main race, and Captain Ravishing is the favourite, but a horse that continues to get plenty of airtime is this brilliant Victorian Catch a Wave. Andy Gath is the trainer of Catch a Wave, and he joins us now. Andy, appreciate the time. Uh, not a problem, Chris. Uh, you know Steve Telfer. Uh, it's a big operation that's only getting bigger. Yeah, no doubt. Um, he's been around a long time and worked for a lot of good trainers and been a great trainer in his own right. But, um, yeah, Stonewall start. Um, yeah, they've got stables everywhere and they're reaping the rewards with um, all the good horses they've got at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about your good horse. Uh, you've won this race previously. Do you remember when? Uh, I know the horse, but I don't know, how, don't know how long ago it was. Have a guess. Have a guess. Uh, I'll probably embarrass myself. I don't know. 2010. Close. 2012, Caribbean Blaster. <laughs> he was awesome that night, though, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was. Um, yeah, it was probably a little bit unexpected. He went around big odds and um, he sort of just scraped into the final. So, um, yeah, it was probably the start of his um, good career. It was probably the first time that sort of Penny dropped with him and he actually sort of found the line quite good. And, you know, since that run, he sort of continued, continued on with his great career that he had. Okay, well, let's talk about the, the race this weekend. Captain Ravishing, he's all the talk. Everywhere you go, people are saying his name. You're the only other horse that's in single figures for this race on Saturday night. $1.25 Captain Ravishing, $7 Catch a Wave. So you can go into this race without a great deal of pressure because it's all about the favourite. Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously, uh, Captain Ravishing, you know, deserves that title with what he's done and his performances over the last sort of six months. So, um, you know, it's a fantastic horse and um, Barry, one could be a great draw for him or could be an average draw. So hopefully um, it's an average draw for him and we can um, hopefully uh, get across him at the start. Be honest here. Were you deflated when that news came through about the barrier draw on Monday? Um, 
yeah, yes and no. He hasn't left the gate for a long time. Um, previously, when Tabor's trained him, he, he used to leave the gate pretty good. So since he's been with Emma and Clayton, they haven't really sort of used him at the gate and they hadn't had to. So um, it'd be interesting for a horse that, you know, going to have to ask him to come out. And we know the first quarter, uh, Chariots of Fire is always really quick. So if he does lead, it's going to be at a cost, but it's still, you know, be a cost for other horses as well that are trying to cross him. What do you do at the start with Catch Away? The Yaddy's first look at the track last week, conservative at the start. What do you do this week, drawn out where you are? Yeah, I think we have to go forward. Um, we probably heard a little bit going back last week, um, but you know, the decision that we made, and so we're still fortunate enough to make the final. So, um, you know, this week he'll be coming out as quick as he can. He's got really good natural gate speed, and our only chance of winning is obviously getting past Captain Ravishing at the start or trying to get on the fence. And if we don't come out the gate hard, um, that won't happen. Are you a chance of crossing at the start here? Um, well, there's still a little question mark on Captain Ravishing. His gate speed, because we haven't seen it for a long time, but. A naturally gifted fast horse like him generally does have it when they ask it. But, yeah, I, yeah, I do think with some hope, and he probably begins better from out wider catch a wave, so the draw's not too bad for us. So if you found the top, would you sit if Captain come around? Um, I'd say um, every time he's led, he's won. <laughs> but you're saying that, he's got a pretty good winning record, so uh, it's all relevant to how hard you work to get there, I suppose. And, you know, so, yeah... Hopefully it's a decision that Kate has to make. So it'd be nice to be knowing that we're on the fence and in front. Do you think there's going to be a few that sort of chance their arm early or do you think they all just sort of run scared at the start given that Captain Ravishing's drawn in barrier one? Yeah, it's one of those things. If you chance your arm, you've got to chance it pretty quick because no one wants to be stuck, you know, breezing outside him. And, and again, that could happen to us if, um, you know, we don't get across. So, yeah, I think anything drawn outside us will probably go back at the start. But a few insiders might have a little look early anyway and hoping that there's some gaps that they can get to defence. How did you assess his run last week? First time travelling away. How did he handle the travel? How did he handle Menangle? How did you break down the effort? Yeah, no, he handled the trip really good. And I did go back home for a few days and back up again and he's travelled up really good. And, um, yeah, he's jumping out of his skin. So the trip's taken no harm with him. Um, probably didn't handle the track 100%, to be honest. He, he wanted to run out a little bit, especially going into the back. And uh, that last bend, you know, they're not, the gradient's not quite as good as the Melton track. So if you do get out wide, you sort of, you can lose a bit of ground and they literally sort of got away on him. But, you know, I thought his last 100 metres was really good. He hit the line really strong, full of running. And that's what we sort of wanted him to do. We just wanted him to hit the line strong. Last thing we wanted was him to sort of be tired on the line. So uh, he was full of running and, you know, he'll benefit from that run. and we sort of know what's in front of us this, this week, so we'll be a lot more prepared. Andy, it's Steve. I'm just watching some of his replays as you're talking to Chris there, and I'm just watching the Vic Bread Championship final group three where he drew the outside the front and he crossed within a blink of an eyelid with a dynamic speed off the arm. Yeah, no, he's very quick, and um, we haven't left come off the gate with him. He was in a couple of 1,200-metre races where we decided to go back. So, um, yeah, no, he's as quick as any horse off the arm, so... Yeah, so that, that's a weapon that he's got. So we're going to have to use at the start and see if it's uh, is quick enough to get across. Mm. Have all horses arrived on course? Are they in the retention facility? Yeah, they're all there. So uh, there's no late scratchings. We all got there on time. So, um, yeah, so my bike's out in the paddock and so's Rip. But I think the rest are just sort of locked up inside and just relaxing. OK, will he handle that? I think so. He's a horse that, um, yeah, he ha- did travel up really good to surprise me. He doesn't really... um mind being alone but yeah he's only been in there for about an hour and a bit 
but he, he seems quite well, so I don't think it's going to worry him at all. Okay. Well, it's going to be a great race on Saturday night, no question about it. If he does, you know, topple uh, Captain Ravishing, will you uh, have no hesitancy in, in saying yes to a Miracle Milestone? Well, it hasn't been on our radar, uh, to be honest. Um, we've sort of focused on this race, and, um, you know, if it happens, um, you know, obviously going to give us something to think about. Um, the fact that it's two weeks after the Chariots now, not a week after, sort of makes it a little bit more tempting. But obviously, um, you know, we've got to see how he comes through the run and see what happens first. And, you know, we're fully aware we've got a $2 million race in September as well. So, um, yeah, to be honest, it's not on our radar. Um, but, you know, if we're fortunate enough that we do get the job done and do get the invite, um, obviously we'll sit down with the owners and, you know, we'll plan it out going forward. But, again, at this stage, there's no decision made. OK. So, speaking of the Eureka in September, is that the main target? Is Queensland part of your planning at this stage? Uh, probably not at this stage, the fact that Eureka's there. So, um, yeah, he would probably say home Victoria. I know you try and get me up there every year, but we might have to bring something else. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, obviously, if the Eureka wasn't on, he'd probably be heading up there. So, um, yeah, you just you, opportunity to race in a race like that doesn't come very often. So, uh, that, that will be our main focus. Okay. Where does he rate for you, Catcher Wave? Out of all the good ones that you've trained, whether it be Pacers or Trotters, where, where does Catcher Wave, uh, catch wave rate on, on sheer ability? For sheer ability, I think he's as good as horse I've ever trained. Uh, probably Renaissance Man was probably the next one for sheer ability. Uh, obviously, horses that have achieved it most has been Caribbean Blaster and Tornado Valley and like Cucaracha. But um, yeah, for absolute brilliance, um, you know, I don't think I've had a horse as good as this horse. Okay. Well, you've trained over 50 Group One wins. Uh, you're, you're closing in on 3,000 wins as a trainer, and uh, you've won this race before. So all the ingredients are there. So if anyone's going to knock off Captain Ravishing, it should be Catch a Wave, right? Well, I hope so. I hope you're right. Um, Again, there was no, it wasn't an upset in the grand final last year, so hopefully it's going to be upset in the chariots. <laughs> we won't we won't go there. Hey, just in before I let you go, I know you've been busy uh, with New Zealand, a few of you buys. So does that mean that you're looking at um, building your stocks for Queensland and the Winter Carnival? Yeah, obviously you're going to have some nice horses there, and especially with the prize money for the trotters too. We've got some nice young trotters. Um, uh, you know, three-year-olds and four-year-olds and Basilico exalted and just a bit touchy four now. So, um, yeah, it's just a great carnival, great opportunity. And, yeah, uh, obviously there's going to be a few horses earmarked and hopefully uh, I can finally get back up there, which, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've been there. Yeah, you've had success previously too. So you're long overdue for a return to Queensland. So hopefully it will be 2023. Really appreciate the time this morning. Go well on Saturday night. Uh, thanks a lot, guys. That was a very insightful interview, Chris. Um, with Andy Gaff, and I'd love to know what that first quarter's going to be. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> He's going to come out it's, hard. It's just, and then I, um, Hass Tiber told me this morning that um, they're not going to die wandering off the arm. They believe he's got great, great, great speed if they want to use it, or good gate speed So on the captain. So fascinating. Yeah. They'll be yeah. flying. Yeah. Be a good That's race. what we want to see yeah. in a big race. Exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Not Sparks like that boring race in WA a couple of weeks ago. Correct. <laughs> Matty well, don't, don't, don't say that. <laughs> Matty Young will be I know, I'm just firing him up. He's with us. Yeah. Matty, good morning. Can't fire me up. I'm very placid. <laughs> I'm a placid man. <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's get you fired up. Pinny Tiger, tomorrow night, Newcastle Mile. He's drawn out. Could he lead this field if James Rattray wanted to, you know, fire him up early? Yes. Yes, he can. Yeah. Um, 
Because as you know, Chris, uh, Newcastle track, uh, it's, it's a real slingshot from the start there. Um, if you've got some good gate speed and he's got some blinding gate speed, Penny Tiger. So I guess it's um, it's always hard to line up the WA gate speed to the Eastern States. It's always a little bit of um, a bit of a risk assessment in trying to work it all out. But uh, he's he's a very quick beginner, Penny Tiger. He led the Golden Nugget without even flinching off the arm, and um, he's been able to be very impressive. And I, I'm I'm sure that Jimmy could get him across to the top. Okay, what was the horse? What was the Perth horse that went to the Newcastle Mile a few years ago? A few years ago, are we? Yeah. Are we, is this like uh, saying the other day, or are we talking like 20 years ago? Oh, I can't remember. It'll be it'll be a few years now. It's not the other day. So, I'm just seeing. Well, shattering, class one, shattering class one. Shattering class one. Yeah, that might have been it. In the early 2000s, um, he's the only one that I can remember. Uh, Big Town Walton may have competed in a Newcastle Mile as well for Kim Prentice. No, I think but... it was shattering class because he was the it horse at the time. Did looks like Lightning go there once? Yeah, he would have gone there. Looks like Lightning. Yeah, uh, but Shattering Class, he, was, he won it. I remember that. I remember watching that as a kid. The Collie Trainer. There's one for you, Steve. The Collie Trainer, <laughs> George <you>. Ashcroft. <laughs> he was a great horse, Shattering Class. How many races do you reckon he won at Gloucester Park? Um, I think he won closer to 50 or, 50 or 60 races overall. Um, but, yeah, Gloucester Park, I'm, I'd say his dominance in the winter was unbelievable. I used to love watching him. He's a jet black horse, and on those rainy nights, um, he just used to shine like a diamond when uh, he had the water bathing across his back. It was, yeah, he was an amazing horse. One of my favourites as a kid, Shattering Class. All right. I know you're good friends with Mouse. You would have spoken with him during the week. Is, is he upbeat? Is he, is he ready for tomorrow night with uh, Penny Tiger? Well, I've never actually seen Mouse not confident about a race. Um, so, you know, that's that's it's sort of part and parcel. Mouse always comes in with uh, a great deal of confidence and enthusiasm about the races he, he is in. So um, it's always a breath of fresh air to uh, have that if you've got some sort of doubt. Mouse always uh, knocks that out of you and uh, his enthusiasm and excitement really brings you up to his level. So um, he is... He's very enthusiastic about the chances. A uh, few people I've spoken to seem to think that he's a pretty strong chance of being able to get the job done. So, um, yeah, there's a couple of horses off the front line that get out pretty quickly and could potentially find the top. And they're, they're sort of hand-up horses. So there's every chance he could find the top here in this race. And um, Mouse, knowing his gate speed, he's quite upbeat that he can cross and... We can get we can get to see the best version of Penny Tiger this Friday night. Mm, takes a lot of pressure off. I spoke with Steve Telford just moments ago, and uh, if you win this race, you get the uh, the automatic entry into the Miracle Mile. So it takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah, huge, huge amount, and um, it's a hard road to get in after that because his credentials aren't aren't the same as. Uh, some of the other horses that are also trying to push for a start. So, you know, it, it creates a lot of interest if you can get in uh, to be able to step up. And it would be uh, a, like a rookie taking on an AFL superstars if he got into the Miracle Mile. But I'm sure 
he won't disgrace himself. He's he's a very talented horse, and I'm really excited to see what he'll do tomorrow night, just to see where he stands in the Eastern States. Mm, he's got X Factor, there's no doubt about it. So hopefully Penny Tiger produces tomorrow night in the Newcastle Mile. Nine races tomorrow night, Gloucester Park. Feature there is the Group 3 Lord Mayor's Cup, which comes through as race number six. Uh, any thoughts on the Lord Mayor's Cup at this stage? Yeah, well, Hampton Banner's favourite, and he was a beaten favourite short price two starts ago, and he was a bit disappointing on that occasion at this uh, distance. And then last start, I thought he was a lot better at 2,500, where I don't think he's as potent at 2,500 as he is the middle distance. So... Uh, back here, you're getting a bit better value about him. I think he was a dollar fifty or a dollar forty-five two starts ago, and I think he's around three dollar mark now. So you're getting double that price. So um, he's he's enticing. That's uh, a way to put it. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's going to be a pretty fascinating race. Uh, Perfect Major's been pretty unlucky as of late. Sangway Real, look, last start he got um, he got sort of held up, locked wheels coming to the turn and he just didn't quite finish it off and I'm always a big believer of giving horses just a pass mark if they get into uh, that sort of that sort of interference because if it stifles their momentum uh, sometimes the horses can just go back into their shell a little bit and we have seen it in the past and so expecting him to run a pretty good race and Glen Letty Chief's been racing really well and Patronus Star has got a draw where he might not see the light of day. So there's about five or six winning chances in the race, and uh, it's it's pretty fascinating. Okay, well, that's race six. Where do we find your best bet on the card tomorrow night? Uh, race seven, number two, my prayer. I'm pretty confident on her chances. She drops in grade noticeably here from the free-for-all mare's grade down to a less than $20 last five, and she's drawn two. Look, if she led, she'd win with her head on her chest. Um, I'm not 100% sure she'll lead, but I'm still confident she'll be close enough if she's 1-1 one, one or 1-2. One, I think uh, she'll be too fast for them late. So race seven, number two, my prayer is my best bet. Okay, race seven, number two. One final one for you this morning. Steal the show, stepped out for uh, his new connections for the first time Tuesday night at Gloucester Park. You've got that big slot race coming up. It's just around the corner in April. Steal the show. Did he blow your hair back? Uh, well, he did what I was really expected. Chris uh, got to the top. He controlled the race. I liked the way that he ran through the line. But uh, for the class of horse and calibre of horse he is, he should have been able to do that and do it in that style. So... Um, told me he's on the right track, which is good to see, and um, heading towards the Nullarbor in April, then that's um, that's positive signs, but yeah, I think Bonds have got a few op- opportunities and a few horses up there so well. make a final decision on with Patronus Star and also Minstrel, so um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this horse continues to progress forward, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see him racing just a little bit tougher grade before we start talking Nullarbor with him. I spoke with Greg Bond earlier in the week. He said he's no chance of being in Queensland for our carnival later this year. Given how many sort of open-class horses he's got, I thought there might be an opportunity, but it was a firm no. Yeah, the, uh, the money's pretty good here just to stay in their own backyard and they've got... Um, they'd like to uh, get the, the preparation into them heading towards the summer carnival and um, it's a really... just You've got to toe the line, follow the follow the system that they have in place to try and get them to work through that. So, um, And also what we've seen with Too Fast, Too Serious and trying to get a flight home 
has been really difficult. So I think that's scaring a few people away from travelling at the moment because it is quite hard to get horses back to WA or back home to their respective yeah. states. Fair enough. We'll take the tip tomorrow night, Gloucester Park, race seven, number two, my friend. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. Cheers, guys.